Alright, let's go! All right, all right. Let's go with Dan Hutchison's uh, question first. Dad, Dan Hutchison wanted to ask you, why has hitting gone out of the game? You know, I knew this was going to happen. And yet, I ever noticed that the guys are getting hit, hit head first into the boards. Yeah. Well, when we used to play, we used to take a peek to see who was coming. He didn't, they don't even take a peek. And they just and they go into the boards straight on, and they bang, and you get hurt, and that's where they get hurt. Yeah. So, what did you think of that cousin hit on Gabranson? Well, well, I don't, I don't blame Gabranson for going back at him. He got that's what he got at the five minute major for, eh? Yeah, he got five minutes. He got two five ten a game and a game suspension. Yeah. So he got. I thought it was a dirty hit on Cousins' part. There's no doubt in my mind that. Yeah. That well, should... he he meant to hurt him. He, uh, he well. I don't know if he meant to hurt him, but he, he put him head first into the boards. But even there, there's Branson. You know, you, if you should not go head when you kids listen when you're do, when you're listening, don't go in without knowing who's coming. And that's and if you don't know who's coming, then you should they should you shouldn't be playing. Yeah, well we've when, like we. Went out scouting for like 17 years, almost even more than that, probably over 20 with the Ice Dogs. And you could start to see that coming into the game. Oh, you could see it coming. Yeah. Like when we first went out, you know, in the early, well, in the late 1990s, you really didn't see the hits from behind because the kids were kind of, were aware of it. They were aware of what was going on. Yeah. Because you and I talked about this a little bit where... Like, Cabranson put himself in a bad position. Sure he did. He and, was looking straight right into the boards. And because and still should have got a five-minute major. And then uh, 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 Kane from Edmonton really corked the guy from, I think it was Minnesota. But yeah. again, the guy was coming. You, got, you get a guy like Mitch Marner, like, you're never going to get him in that position because he was always He small. was always looking. Because he was playing in the one of the last guys in the era of playing where you could hit That's all right. the way up. That's right. And he's a small guy. And he knew even back then how to protect himself. And when he goes into the corner, he he knows who's going he's, who he's going in the corner with. Right, you're never gonna you're never gonna hit him. Well, if you do it, it's by accident. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the Leafs, they won. Uh, they they uh, well, first they had that crazy game. They were down five nothing and came back and won yeah, five was, nothing. Was, uh, and then uh, they whomped uh, Pittsburgh last night. And, uh, you know, the guy that you said at the start of the season, you said is going to be their number one goalie, Jones, played and great. I, well, Tim, let's be honest. Be honest about the whole thing. You were the guy that said that, and I picked up on it. Martin Jones, he looks pretty good out there. So would you go back with him? I would go back with him. i just keep playing him yeah. and until uh, he loses. So what happens if you see Keefe go back with Samsonoff next game? I would say that somebody's making the calls from up upstairs. If you if you go back with somebody else uh, after one of the shutout, and they got outshot, they yeah. won seven nothing and got outshot. Yeah, <laughs> they won seven nothing, got outshot. He doesn't seem to get excited or anything like that. Let's hope. Let's see. Let's see if 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 he goes back with the the same guy. Okay, just with that, Dad. Uh, Justin from Facebook says, "Grapes, I'm a big time Leaf fan." 
You mentioned in a podcast that the Leafs play up to the level of their opponent. Good example was against the Blue Jackets. They turned it on in the third period and scored five goals. As a Leaf fan, should I be worried about the way they're playing? Well, you know, when you when you play against uh, top clubs and you turn it on too, that's that's a good sign. Uh, to me, I like the way the Leafs are playing right now, and I picked the Leafs to win, go all the way. <laughs> Don't forget, now, now you have to pick a team too, but I picked the Leafs to go all the way. Well, I don't know. Uh, let's say they would get, they'll get in the finals. But anyhow, looks like they're... And, and they didn't play with uh, with the two big, big guns. Yeah, Matthews was... Uh, how about Nice? He got a Gordie Howe hat trick. Yeah, Gordie Howe did it in one period. Right, a pure Gordie Howe hat trick is you have to get... Uh, yeah, you have to do it in one period. Which is a fight, assist, and a goal in one period. So, Dad, we want to say hello to a loyal listener, David Burke, who's listening in Chenchu, China, yeah. which is in the northeast, I think it what is. What's so, he doing up there? I don't know. I should say, David, if you're listening, give us a uh, rate us back and tell us what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, tell there. us what you're doing. But, uh, you know, we, Cindy, you and I, uh, Cindy's off today, but we talked a little bit about how expensive the game was last, oh, last it, time. It, and a couple of people wrote in. A Sabres fan from Twitter said, Hockey is too expensive, especially for girls. 20 to 37 k a season on Vancouver Island if you want to play rep. Yeah. Like $30,000. Beans from Twitter says, Hockey too expensive. $7,000 in registration fees just to get a jersey on a kid to play under 12 AAA, plus tournaments and gear. Yeah. I mean, hockey's, Hockey Canada has to do something about that. Well, there's not much they get. I don't know what they can do. Uh, I, what, what, what's your, what, do you, what do you think they should do, Tim? I think, I, I think they got to look and say, why, is it, why does it cost $37,000 for a girl to play rep hockey in Vancouver yeah. Island and then make a decision of how we can cut that down? Yeah. That's what they have to do. You know, I think there's a, a lot of people in... in um, in the world of hockey that take advantage of, of the parents. There's lots of superstars that, that, that gone out there that have had used equipment on that's hardly broken in. And, and, and Right. Well, I think more people are doing that. But again, just $7,000 yeah. registration fee. I don't understand that. You know, like, I, I guess, like, like where's that money going? So you figure 7000 so you have 20 kids on a team. Yeah. How, like, like that much you need for registration fees? Again, that's what Hockey Canada should be looking into. But, um, you know, they're too worried about other, other situations. Yeah. So on that note, Dad, a question from Don on Facebook says, Grapes, do you think my son should play hockey 12 months out of the year? I would like to keep them hungry. And I remember when I, when I was, was down to Jock Harney Arena, I was putting on my equipment. I was so nervous. I, I was hungry, 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 hungry. And that's the name of the game is the hunger. Uh, if they want to play three-on-three, three, I don't mind them playing three-on-three. Three. Yeah, so you didn't, play, you, you, you didn't play all summer. No, I never played. Well, we couldn't. There was no, uh, there no, was ice. no ice. I remember I was going on alone, and I, and I, and I never forgot that. I was all alone. I was so nervous that, that I couldn't do on my skates. Yeah, you and I have talked about this too. Is like, like when we would go out scouting, and let's say you have a son, and you, you know, he's playing rep hockey, and you, you know, you're hoping he wants to go to the OHL or it's the CHL or college or something, and you think you need him on the ice. You and I always said we never really started judging the kids till around this time. Yeah, because, because some of the kids that had the summer off were a little bit behind. Yeah. 
And some of the kids that were skating all summer had a bit of an advantage. They did. But by this time, everything equaled out. Yeah, everything even out. And it was funny to see kids start uh, starting off good, and they'd be just filling the, uh, the nets and everything. And then, uh, and then when it get around Christmas time and like that, it would all even out. And then you saw some kids that were kind of like, oh, they're all right. And then they hit their stride around Christmas. Yeah. So that's why when, when we were scouting, you always said to me, you says, you know, t- you know, you write the kids up and you take a note on them, but really don't judge them till around this time because yeah. this is when everything started to equal out. Yeah, everything equals out. And like you said, you can almost tell the kids that didn't, uh, didn't skate all summer. And, and by Christmas time, everything evened out. So Dad spreads is now NorthStarsBet.com. It's still Canadian-owned and still one of the best places to play in Canada. They have everything you're looking for. Slots, live dealer tables, sportsbook with built-in sports betting insights and analysis. Listeners who already have an account with Spreads, you don't have to do anything. Just sign in at NorthStarBets.com, and uh, they have an exclusive offer for our listeners. If you sign up now or deposit with the promo Cherry, NorthStarBets will match your first bet up to 100 bucks, and you'll get 100 bonuses on the big wheel, and That's then you'll get good. 10 extra bonuses. And this offer is limited in quantities and not available in Ontario. And Dad, you give your picks, and you're you're three and zero right now, and you pick three underdogs. <laughs> well, you pick the underdog, and as long as you get the as long as you get the points. Yeah, the thing you I, I think the one thing when you're when you're picking them is you you kind of look at the coaches, right? Because you pick St. Louis right after they changed yeah. the coach; they were an underdog. And then you picked last night, you took Florida over uh, Edmonton because you knew Paul Maurice would be reading them the riot act after they got shut out two games in a <laughs> yeah. row. And um, so you're, you're, doing, you're doing pretty good. But So, Dad, unfortunately, our buddy Craig Berube was fired by St. Louis. And he won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. He went from they were in last place in the league, and he takes them and they win the Stanley Cup, and then... Believe me, folks, it's not as easy as it looks. And uh, all you have to do is take a look at uh, the, uh, Brenda Moore in uh, Carolina, how he's aged. <laughs> I, know. I know, it's something. He's still looking good, but he's got a few more gray hairs. So, Dad, Drew Bannister now, he's, he's uh, coaching St. Louis. Yes. So he coached six years in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. And then he coached six years in the AHL. So he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. So you coached in the American Hockey League, and you were coaching AHL players. And then you got then you got hired by Boston. Harry Sinden hired you. And now you went from American Hockey League players to coaching Bobby Orr and Phyllis Pizzito and Johnny Busick and Gilly Gobert. Like, what was the like? What happened? How was that different? I I hate to tell you that say this, Tim. I I uh, I I. I was in the in the American Hockey League, and I was coached the year in the American Hockey League. But where was I going to tell John Busick how to play the power play? I remember, I remember my very first meeting. We had, I said, okay. After at the end, I said, John, I said, take the power play at the end and work on the power play. And all the players looked at me. And I said, what? I'm going to tell John Busick how to how to how to run the power play? Yes. Yeah, so let's see. It was Johnny Busick. Uh, it was John Busick, Phil Esposito, and Kenny Hodge. Kenny Hodge, all 50, 60, 70 goal scorers. <laughs> and, and, and Bobby uh, Orr, Carl Badney on the point. Yeah, I'm going to tell them how to play. And you know what? I, I couldn't coach those guys because they weren't 
hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. You have to have hungry hockey players. I still say the greatest motivator in hockey is hunger. That's Vintage Tendy Magazine. It's a magazine for goalies, by goalies. Beautiful pictures. Beautiful pictures. The highest quality magazine you'll find out there. Not on hockey, just about anything. Anything, yeah. It's just unbelievable. Super high gloss finish, unbelievable pictures. This issue has Clint Millarchuk with all, and some great uh, articles. You did one on Tretiak and yeah. Bobby Perot, I think. And visit vintagetendymagazine.com or visit their Facebook page, Vintage Tendy Magazine. And a beautiful magazine. Magazine, it and it's a great idea for uh, if you've got a goaltender in your life and you want to get him a gift, it's a good get him subscription. So, Dad, we got one from the Oilers. They were kind of on a roll, even though they lost last night. And this one's from Oilers Blue from Twitter. It says, Don, the Oilers are right back on track. Let's see, but he lost two in a row. I don't know. That, I don't know about that. And, but they're almost in a playoff spot. Do you think it was a change of coach, or did they just work our way out of an early slump? I think it was a change in coach. And uh, I think the coach uh, had the... Had, has the right temperament for them. He doesn't seem to get too upset behind the bench. And uh, I, I just think, I, I think as a coach. Yeah. And, and you got to, then Skinner started playing better. Well, when the goaltenders play good, tell me a good coach and I'll show you a good goalie. Uh, and I know that. I know that for a fact. I had three of them. Yeah, I had three good ones Ronnie Graham, Jilly Gilbert, and uh, Jerry Cheevers, and they hated it. They hated the three of them, and uh, I, I'll go into that someday. <laughs> I played them. I played them one. Well, go- l- 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 I'll just ask you that, Dad, because we got a, uh, from Facebook. DJ Ray says, "Can you ask the big man that you, or Joe Biden, one or the other, uh, on his thoughts of teams eventually moving to three keeper system, meaning two goalies on the day of the game and then three on the twenty-three man roster?" just due to the schedules and playoffs. As in my opinion, it's too much for some keepers and threes would keepers would be good. So. Well, I, I, they hated it. The, the three of them hated it. Well, you had three top goalies, though. I, we, I mean, I, had th- I went from three top goalies. We had to get rid of the one, and you know who the one... Ron Graham, yeah. Uh, Ron Graham, we got... You know who we traded him for? Ray Bork. Ray Bork, yeah. <laughs> Not bad. So anyhow... Harry was pretty good GM at the time. Uh, no, I did not like the three goaltenders because you had to get the three of them in. And I'm telling you. You said the hard part was practice, right? Oh, one guy be standing at the side and Jilly wouldn't come out. Jilly Gilbert wouldn't come out. And I, I used to have to tell him to get in. And Cheevers, he loved it. He loved it. Yeah. He, because he didn't have to work as hard. But... Uh, but like, could the goalies stay sharp? No. Well, they said pretty sharp. Yeah. I have to admit. But they were so good. They were. They, I went. For, I had three top goaltenders. Top, top. I mean, I'm talking top. And I went to uh, Hardy Astrom. And I, I remember the very first time I took. I flipped the puck in from center ice, and he went to catch it, and it went in the net. And I said, I come home to Rose. We won't be around here too long. Well, I remember you. I remember the first day you came back from from tra- from training camp, first day of training camp. But I, I, you, you were all excited leaving when you came back. You were a lot more somber after the first day, <laughs> and so you showed a picture of of the guys, right, to mom. And mom looked. She says, "Oh, what a what a what a good looking bunch of boys." Yeah. And 
that's that's you said. That's right. I went from the lunch pail. Oh, I mean to say, the Bruins had a big thing on the weekend for the lunch pail. Uh, yes, and uh, and uh, and the coach uh, was dressed. Jim like Montgomery, me. yeah, dressed up like you. Didn't have the quite the high collars you had. Well, nobody has those. But uh, I'd like to thank the Bruins for that. That was really good. And, yeah, uh, they they had did a great thing. But you said, you go, yes, I go from a, a good looking bunch of boys from the Bruins who were like we were like Genghis Khan, and then you said. You know, Tim, he goes, uh, we had a scrimmage today, and either we got 10, 50 goal scorers on the team, or we got the worst goalies in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and that's unfortunately what happened. But you were right. Ronnie Graham was so good that he was a, he got traded for a first-round yeah. pick. Yeah, and, and first-round pick, and the first-round pick was uh, Raymond Bork. Ray Bork. But you could tell Jill Bear was, and Cheevers weren't too happy with the whole no, thing. No, they weren't too happy about the whole thing. And I and one of them had to go, imagine we would have had Park or, and... Um, Bork. Bork. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty tough to beat it then. Yeah. So the Leafs might be in a little bit of that situation when Wall comes back. Because let's say, you know, Jones keeps playing the way he is. He's 3-0. and Got yeah. a shutout against the powerhouse. We team. will see. We will see if he's not in the next game. Uh, who's calling the shots? This is from Miles Shields. It says, uh, who is Don's favorite defense partner in his playing days? I hear a lot about your good buddy dad, Daryl Sly. Daryl Sly. I used to stand up at the red line, and they'd dump it in. And Daryl Sly, he, he, he could skate like the wind. And he'd go back and get it and then be on the way out. If I happened to get back there and got the puck, I'd get back and back of the net. And I, I just had a knack of hitting him on the way out. Boy, could he ever skate. How would I say he, he lengthened my career by about, <laughs> about, about four or five years, and he was dynamite. He could really skate. I remember him. I remember he had no front teeth, eh? And yeah. uh, he always seemed to be a guy that was always laughing and joking. He, he was to always be- happy. He was always happy and... Well, imagine what the money he'd be making today. Oh. Like, like he would be a top four defenseman in the league now. Yeah, he easily. would. Easily. He, he, he could skate unbelievable. The, the only guy I could see that he had a better skater than him were two guys who were Coffey and, uh, and Bobby Orr. Yeah, he was good. But he did have one thing he was really afraid of. Oh. <laughs> he, Sorry, Daryl, tell this story, but it's funny. Anyhow. He was afraid of frogs. I don't know why he was afraid of frogs because he come from Collingwood and there was a lot of frogs up there. And anyhow, he was afraid of frogs. And and I and I I remember I didn't go, but the guys went and they got a out in the swamp and the police came and oh. So they went out and, it, and he committed drinking and he was in a room by himself and he could hear plop plop and he turned on the light and it was full of frogs. So the guys put all the frogs in. Oh, the, the guy. Let the frogs go in the place. <laughs> and he come banging on my door. And he slept on the floor. And I went and the next day and caught all the frogs and, and put them in a pail. And you know what the funny thing about the whole thing is the police, like we got up early in the morning mm-hmm. and we were going to go, we were going to let them go in a, in, a, in a lake. Police car followed us around everywhere we went. He, th- he knew we were up to something. Anyhow, he, he took off and we... Let all the frogs go. So that was in Rochester, but you also played with them in... Uh... Vancouver, we won the championship out there. They were in second spot, and um, Joe Crozier, who was the general manager and coach, um, said, what do we have to do to get into, into, into first spot? I'll never forget Jimmy McKinney. 
And he was supposed to be the next Bobby Orr, by the way. Yeah, we should talk. We'll talk about Jimmy McKinney yeah, maybe we'll next week. Yeah, we'll talk about Jimmy McKinney. And, and Daryl Stell said, get Don Cherry out here. Jeez, I, I no more wanted to go there, and, and I knew we weren't going to make first spot. And, uh, but when we got into the playoffs, we turned it on. We won the championship. In fact, we were in Vancouver. We never lost a game in the playoffs the wow. whole time. Well, you you had a good run with Daryl there, like with the last few years. Like, no, well, I would I I played with Daryl with what six years. Yeah, but like you won how many championships? I'm trying to think now. Uh, we won four championships. The last five years I played, really played. Um, I won f- f- four championships and one finals. Well, yeah. no, that's not too, that's not too shabby. Yeah, I do. I I do remember Daryl Sly. I remember you guys used to sit in the corner together. You were right against the wall. Yeah, we were, and he was right right next to you. You know, Daryl was a sharp guy, and uh, his wife worked, and he lived on her money. She was a nurse, and he lived on her money, and he saved his money, and he bought the Blue Mountain. Uh, what what, what are you gonna, I don't know if it was Dodge or Chrysler or something. Oh, it like. was it was Dodge and Chrysler, and he bought that up there, and uh, he became very rich and had a nice place right on the oh, water. Oh, right everything. on the water. He, and God love him. He 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 been dead now for about six years. I I I I, I sure miss him. I tell you that. 